All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode five of the Facility Talk podcast powered by Bimo Elite Athletics. Today, our guest is head of throwing and pitching development in Bimo, or at Bimo Elite Athletics in Los Angeles, Christian Meister. Christian, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Oh, of course. Hey, I got to know right, right when we get off, like right when we're starting this thing, I heard a rumor that when they were looking or interviewing you for your current position, that you pitched a bloody Mary to Joe and that he yep. said that helped you <laughs> helped you get your foot in the door as the yep. top, top candidate. So what, 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 tell me about that. You just yeah, want to stand but, out. Um, well, Joe happened to be in town. He was uh, in Seattle for a wedding and um, him and I had had some one of a relationship, uh, but I'd never met him in person because we both had trained at driveline. And when he was training there, I was playing down in Australia um, so we, we had exchanged messages over a couple of years and, um, even had a couple of phone calls and, um, I saw that he was in town and, uh, and, you know, we all know that he does, if you follow him, he does the, the Bloody Mary, uh, reviewing deal. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was just like, Hey, you got to go to this place, uh, Duke's Chatterhouse. It's a small chain in the Seattle area. And, um, he's like, well, come meet me for a Bloody Mary. And I was like, Oh, what the hell? You know, obviously I'm going to yeah. go hang out with Joe Bimel and have a Bloody Mary. And uh, turned out to be the the best Bloody Marys had to date, nine point four, I believe it was. Um, so that he we joked that that's that was the testament to my judgment. That's what he says. So that's yeah. how Bloody Mary got me a job. Heck yeah, hey, we love that. No, he 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 mentioned it uh, when I did the interview with him. He said yeah. that yeah, that's what uh what helped to get you get your position. But uh, <laughs> yeah. anyways, yeah. so. I want to start the conversation off talking about gearing guys up for the season ahead. So especially college guys, we're nearing the end of fall. You know, obviously we're in the beginning of November right now. So a lot of guys soon are going to be returning back to the facilities, uh, both in El Paso and in L.A. So what is going to be your approach when we're looking at college guys, what their workload is going to be like, uh, just throwing wise. And then if later we'll get into like weightlifting and what you want them doing. Uh, but what do you, what do you think? Like, say, walk me through like a week of what you think you're going to be programming guys to do. Well, typically um, guys return at least last year, it was uh, basically right after Thanksgiving through the first week of January. So there's like a five week period there where, everyone's off school, high school and college guys. Um, and obviously we have the pro guys uh, in full swing at that point too. So it's going to be um, guys are finishing up fall ball. Um, so some of them will do velo work um, and uh, all of them will get into bullpen action, obviously, of course. So just velo work for the guys who um, that's appropriate for. Um, and then the other guys who are start their season a little bit earlier, you know, cause some of those guys get going pretty early um, is going to be a lot more bullpen action at that point too. Um, so more mound blending and uh, pitch design um, work in that regard, uh, as well as mound velo days, of course, too, you know? Um, yeah. So um, mostly, yeah, that's, that's what we'll be doing at that point. Yeah. I mean, so for me, um, just speaking from my personal experience and what I'm going to be end up doing right now, I'm in the middle of a deload. So we went mm-hmm. through the entire fall and I just got beat down. Like, I think my age, I, this is funny to say, you know, I'm only 20, 22. I'm about to turn 23 <laughs> in January, but dude, the college baseball has just, it feels like every day I got beat with a sledgehammer when I was yeah. asleep. Like, dude, yeah. and I'm trying everything, just like trying to max out my sleep, stuff like that. But yeah, it was, it was catching up with me. It, it does. So yeah, I mean, it's tough, man. yeah, no, 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 no joke. But, uh, like for older guys, um, 
do you like obviously say like you want their view to be at a certain point but mm-hmm. you know especially like when you're working with guys and maybe it's they're in their fifth year of college baseball maybe their bodies are a little bit worn down and stuff do you mm-hmm. ever adjust like their weight programming like how much like a uh, load they're doing in the weight room like during the sure. season yeah. yeah yeah um so i mean i'm privy to the pro off season but that's just that's that's similar minus the fall ball aspect right for mm-hmm. um college or high school versus depending on where you go to high school uh versus the the pro off season those guys will get a little bit more of a deload and have more um strength work early on especially when they're some of the guys don't start throwing um immediately right because they've been throwing basically every day for six seven eight months um yeah so i mean the biggest thing i, I would say uh that we continuously come back to is going to be the arm care strength numbers you know monitoring those and that's i mean that's the that's the number one factor right um which is going to tell us where they're at at that point in time um if they have a history of using it too uh, where were you last off season right did you do it this year okay where were your strength numbers at oh you got weaker throughout the year why is that right i hope you weren't lifting there we go that's that's a huge <laughs> factor right there right you know because some guys you know they get um caught up in the chaos of it all and they they lose their routine and mm-hmm. um that's just something that the best in the world they may not have the best routine but they have a freaking routine yeah um, yeah and that's something that the younger guys can learn you know if they want to get the best out of themselves and play this game for as long as possible mm-hmm. develop a routine man um and then you can tinker with it as you go along and make those adjustments but um yeah strength levels are hugely important yeah no and then speaking about like the arm care app i've i've been using I, that's the reason i'm on the load now is mm-hmm. because i we finished up our fall season and we were they gave us like a one week deload like completely off i don't believe in like completely shutting down i just lower the intensity by a lot just because i don't like the way i feel when i come back Uh, but drop the intensity a bunch and then just do like a gradual build up over time Mm -hmm. and last week on friday i did an arm care exam and my external number is just all the yeah. way down and it makes perfect sense because my the front of my shoulders has been bugging me for the last like week or so mm-hmm. what's going on test my numbers i get one 107 internal mm-hmm. and my all-time best like my external has always been lower than my internal but yeah. i was only at like a 75 going backwards and usually yeah. i'm in like the 79 to 85 range and i was like yikes <laughs> so, yeah. so i had to definitely to keep that intensity down and hammer the uh some external exercises i've been doing that expansion training have you tried that yeah. before yeah i have um i program that uh, for a lot of the guys who yeah have um imbalances where their external rotators are, are weak relative mm-hmm. to the external rotators which is for anyone watching this too that's very normal um i had a 20 pound discrepancy between my ir and er mm-hmm. um almost everybody i would say oh over 90 percent of the guys that we test which is you know going to be anybody that we train has uh weaker external rotators relative to their internal rotators and that so it's somewhat of an anatomical thing as well as you're just building up your ir strength through throwing um mm-hmm. um so but that's you know um, just because it's common doesn't mean it's good right like throwing 69 miles an hour is common does that mean that's good no no yeah you, no, it, it, up, you know um and you know you you have like fantastic strength in both i mean those are good numbers in isolation but it speaks to the importance of balance right because mm-hmm. you're outside of that reference range, right? 
Right. No, exactly. Just getting that into balance, man, it's going to be a big part of that. And as you know, um, uh, as you look at the arm care numbers, uh, as you trend from high school to college to professional guys, their shoulders tend to be more in balance, you know, Mm -hmm. stronger overall as well, too. So, yeah, no, I mean, overall strength, I think once you get to a certain point, you won't obviously, like you said, most guys, it's one's a little bit higher. And yeah. there's only I think I've I think I've literally met two people. Joe. Joe's one of the rare guys yeah. that his external numbers are higher. Like he was showing me, he's like, Yeah, I got 95 external and like yeah. 70 internal. How does that even happen? Like <laughs> yeah. No, it blows well, my mind. The expansion training, um, because his shoulder was slightly out of balance to where he was just like you know, over 90% of us doing me where his IR was stronger than his ER. And then he you know, this is one of the reasons, many reasons that I respect him is he uses himself as a guinea pig to find out if things work before he tests it on uh, our athletes. So he, he ensures that, oh, this this has worked. You know, the proof is in the pudding. Here you go. Here's my, you know, N equals one. Here's my um, case study on this. Yeah. Um, no, that's one of the things I love about um, the Bimole Elite Athletics is all the guys that you're learning from have done it before and they're in shape. Like, I, I'm going to be honest. So this is just for me. When this, like even throughout school, like in my junior college and then like going into my first few years here, I was like, you know, the guys that were our, like in charge of our strength and conditioning or like pitching coaches, stuff like that. I'm like, do I really want to take advice from this guy? <laughs> like, like, you know, yeah. I'm not trying to be mean, but it's like, dude, yeah. I, don't want, I don't know if I want to take fitness advice from somebody, you know, that, that kind of looks like that. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's like overweight personal trainer, right? It's like they yeah. mean a lot and may, maybe they do, but you know, what, have they been there before? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, especially like, like, even with you working with all the pitchers, you know, you played pro ball in Austra- like in Australia. So mm-hmm. can, you, can you tell me about that experience and what you have, like, what has helped tra- like translate from your playing time in professional baseball to oh, like now training pitchers? Yeah. Australia was probably the most fun that I had playing uh, baseball and certainly professional baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a blast, man. Uh, the culture down there is amazing. Uh, I would highly recommend that anyone that has an opportunity to go play down there, whether it's in the uh, the ABL where I played or whether it's in club ball, those those are opportunities for guys that are college guys as well who are you know relatively talented. You don't have to be blown ninety five to get down there, um, and then you can get an opportunity to play in the ABL if you if you do well and you know get the opportunity. Um, they have eyes on you. So, um, yeah. it was, it was a blast, man. Um, I had four summers in a row, so, uh, I was playing, playing ball. It was in, I don't remember the year. Was it 17? Yeah. So anyway, I played down there two winners. So I had four summers in a row and it was, that was really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm no, it's, guy, it's so. yeah, so, no, I see a lot of like, so, so I, I'm on TikTok a lot. I have like a, a decent presence on there. Not nothing crazy, but mm-hmm. some of the guys I, I follow that are minor leaguers in like, I think there's one, he was in the angels organization and then I think he got traded over to Baltimore and he was in the bullpen this past season. Um, But when he was in the minor leagues, he was going and playing in Australia for winter Mm -hmm. ball. And I think that's kind of cool because, you know, seasons are flipped. So it's either you're freezing cold in the United States in some areas, and then you just go to Australia and it's summer and you get to play baseball outside. So yeah, the weather, uh, the culture there is amazing. Acuna Mm -hmm. was there the the year before me or the year before that um so fun fact there perennial yeah. all-star right guy's yeah. pretty good i guess eh? yeah no no <laughs> definitely i mean what, what do you have 40 70 season that's kind of <laughs> kind of ridiculous yeah 
And I, I won't, I won't lie. Um, leading up to, or like in the last few years, I think Cunha is like a great, great player, great player. Mm-hmm. But I was always like, I think he's a little overrated. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. And then after this year, I was like, yeah, no, he's not. You're definitely top three player in the league. Like hands down. That that was ridiculous. That was a really ridiculous year. Yeah. Like, I know he saw, I don't know if you watch any of the Dodgers game being in LA, but one of the games they were playing the Dodgers, he hit like a 460 foot home run, like 120 yeah. off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Right, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, light work. That's light. That's not, that's nothing. That's easy, okay, easy stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah. And like touching on like pro baseball in Australia and then other parts of the world too, like mm-hmm. the talent pool, like you said, you know, you had Acuna play there. Bunch of other guys yeah. have come out of there. Liam Hendricks came out of there, I believe. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So. Um, Delman Young was my teammate, actually, too. He was. Oh, really? Yeah, he was the one-one before Bryce Harper uh, was Bryce Harper. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I played so with guys like that, and it's um, it's it's interesting. You'll get a couple guys too on each um, each team down there that are sixteen to eighteen, you know, and they're really good for their age. Obviously, otherwise mm-hmm. they wouldn't be playing at that. But you, I mean, it's a real. Um, you get a broad spectrum of, of talent down there um, and everyone in between, you know, double A, triple A guys, um, ex big leaguers, a ball guys, um, everything. Yeah. It's, um, but it was, it was a really good time, man. It was, I, I really enjoyed playing for, for John Deevil and um, enjoyed my time with my teammates down there. Nice. Yeah. I think uh, social media has really helped open up more opportunities like internationally for professional baseball. Oh yeah, you know obviously like before you know I, I mean in the United States the goals play MLB affiliated baseball, but mm-hmm. then as you know as I've gotten older you know and all this like access to information through Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everything you're like there's a lot of different opportunities out here that you can see. Oh yeah, and now even like in Europe it's a huge thing. Like yeah. one of my teammates, his his girlfriend lives in Germany. Like they they mm-hmm. went to school together, and he's going there at the end of November. So he's going to be there for a month. And I was like, how are you going to do your stuff? And he's like, no, there's a baseball field across the street from her house. So, oh, wow. so yeah, it's starting to pick yeah. up in Europe too. So that's, that's awesome to see that. And I know what, what city in, I, in I'm not a hundred percent sure. I okay. couldn't tell you that, but um, that's cause I have a buddy over there. But, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I know um, Max Kepler from the twins. He, uh, he, he was from Germany. He played over there or oh, yeah. I guess he was born there. In the, yeah. yeah. So it's pretty interesting how that how all that stuff's playing out. And then I don't know if you know a lot of information about this. But what's going on with the facility in Japan? I saw that we posted something about a facility in Japan that we're working or that Bimol is not working with. Do you have any information on that? Uh, I do not actually. No, I but, saw it all. It was yeah, on in- question as soon as I get off here. Yeah, no, it was on a. It was on Instagram. I've can't remember i'll have to find the name obviously it's in japanese but i saw they were po- like brent and joe were reposting it and i was like okay that's cool oh cool that's just yeah. another yeah, i'm gonna go talk to them right yeah yeah this. ask yeah. them about that because i i wanted to get some more information about that because i think that's sick because yeah. japan sure, yeah. japan has some dogs over there yeah man oh my gosh i mean are probably the the greatest baseball player of all time otani right you know oh yeah, yeah. You know, ichiro i grew up a mariners fan i'm from seattle right so right i grew up a, a huge ichiro fan Mm-hmm. Did you see that bomb he hit the other day at 50 years old? I did not. No, I'll have to. Yeah. I'll he look that up. Don't worry. 26 foot bomb or something like that broke someone's window. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, years old. Yeah, no, his his it's like his, a buck 80 or whatever. Like, yeah, no, he's. I I saw an interesting thing. So I'm not I'm not a hitting guy, like by all means. 
but I saw a thing. It was talking about how they like develop hitters in Japan. And mm-hmm. it was talking about how they're, they really teach like the, the coil and the leg kick and yeah. essentially hitting off of one leg is like their main. Well, like, it's right. Oh, you know, Japanese legend. He hit off of one leg or, you know, his, he was like the OG guy um, for anyone watching. Yeah. Go look at his swing. Um, mm-hmm. I remember my father telling me about him when I was young. Um, I, I think that's probably where that stemmed from. Maybe there was someone before, right. His hitting coach, yeah. maybe that guy was a legend who taught him that. And then, Oh, was a legend. I mean, this was, I don't know if this was like the seventies. It was a, it was a good chunk of time ago, man. Um, so I think that that's where that philosophy comes from, but yeah, yeah. loading up the leg, I'm, I'm big on that. You know, if we're transferring to pitching too, and there's obviously so many common themes in terms of rotational power output there. The only difference being, of course, throwing a ball versus having the yeah. bat in your hand. Yeah. I mean, if we want to talk about, let's dive in. I, I kind of want to dive into the lower body mechanics in pitching. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, obviously, I don't know, like, the mo- like all the stuff, like, the basic information I'm, I'm aware of, but mm-hmm. what is your philosophy on lower half in the pitching delivery? Because not everybody's the same. Like, you see guys, you know, yeah. they stick, like, that vertical shin position, and then there's yeah. guys that really, they're, like, what is it, like, the femur, mm-hmm. femur-driven IR position that they hold, yeah. where their knee, it, it looks like it's forward, but they're still holding all that tension in that yeah. back hip so yeah. like when you assess guys like what do you normally look at do you assess like their mobility first and like their um, hips? well yeah i mean we put them through of course the uh mobility screening that's mm-hmm. the procedure for anybody getting going with us here so we have a we have a physical therapist that we work with um who puts them through that uh, battery testing and uh, identifies any strengths weaknesses um in terms of uh actual strength but then also mobility is going to be probably the primary focus in that because of course you know with arm care we have the dynamometers for testing out uh, arm strength there um but uh yeah i am a huge believer in um lower half first because it's lower in the kinetic chain everything starts in your back foot and your lower half and it travels up through that um eventually leading to your fingertips and you know ball release and so Mm -hmm. um if someone has a funky arm action and something's going on there where they got forearm fly out or, um, you know, any number of issues, uh, dart throwing. Yeah. You know, we can address that. Yeah. Dart throwing, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're, they're getting pushy, all kinds of not getting enough ER. There's a lot of reasons for this. Um, cause it's, you know, it's a very uh, nuanced subject, but I think starting from a good foundation in the lower half is going to make more sense for me just objectively. Um, because that the lower half can uh, and often does affect the upper half, right? If we fix mm-hmm. something down there, now our sequencing is better, and then that improves X, Y, or Z, right? right. Um, not necessarily, right? Uh, going to, and it's not it's not foolproof by any means. I mean, what yeah. is in life? But um, start with a good foundation, right? Just like you're building a house, and then work your way up from there. So yeah, uh, yeah, and and in, in regards to um, as far as as like the specifics of uh, what that looks like. Um, I'm a huge fan of, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to encapsulate this. Staying back is a, is a big cue that worked for me. Um, mm-hmm. And basically what I mean when I say that is just delaying um, momentum shift down the mound, right? So staying stacked, but keeping your weight in, in that back leg. There's so many different cues, right? Um, yeah. Vertical shin being one, like, uh, spread the floor, screw your foot into the floor. Um, and then you can talk about foot positioning too, which is really just more indicative of 
hip anatomy um, mm-hmm. than anything, um, whether you're going and what side of the rubber you're on too as well, right? Um, that's going to be dependent on a host of factors. But um, yeah, starting with that foundation, I think is is important. And then working up from there, once the lower half look, looks good, then it's like, all right, let's move up the kinetic chain. And then, all right, let's see that arm action. How can we yeah. get you um, a little bit more scap load, right? How can we get you more degrees of external rotation? Um, is that a strength issue? Is that a mobility issue? Do you need more T-spine work, right? Um, so a lot of factors at play, but foundation first. Yeah, no, huge. I mean, foot placement too. Like, I think that's a big one. I was, I, I had that conversation with Joe one time. I was throwing a bullpen and my foot always kicks out, like where my heel mm-hmm. is pointed like towards the first baseline. And then mm-hmm. my toes are pointed like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like this is the rubber, my foot's like that. Mm-hmm. So, and he's like, why don't you try to turn your foot like straight? And then I went and he he looked at me, he took one look at me. He's like, yeah, don't do that. You look super unathletic. It's <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it feels super unathletic. Yeah. But you got um, to venture out though and try new things though. Yeah. Uh, periodically to, you know, to, to figure out things that are going to work. Right. So um, we're, we're big on that, but also Joe is, I know, he's said this a number of times, but playing careers are incredibly short. Mm-hmm. I mean, even his, right. He played longer than anybody, um, anybody I know. And, uh, you know, it's, it just goes so quick, man. So you, you want to try new things, but then if it's not working within a relatively short period of time, you'll know, you know, like yeah. that isn't and that's okay. You tried it. Good. You learned something. Right. Yeah. No, I think, uh, like, do right, right. No. And I think like a lot of like programs and stuff, like, throwing programs in general they kind of just lump everybody together and they're like yeah everybody do the same thing and it's like well why why would we do that when this guy's good at x y and z and then this guy's good at a completely different thing the old three rules everything works some things work better than others and nothing works forever yeah no exactly i mean for like i had to adjust my workload that's one thing that used to work for me i used to be able to hammer my body like uh I, like in the fall last year i was doing the school workouts and then i was going to the gym afterwards and doing my own workouts and then mm-hmm. now i'm like oh dude it's one or the other like i, I like I, i'm just gonna be doing more damage to my body by doing both yeah so um one intro like one thing i do want to talk about is the so the front leg when mm-hmm. we're going into the pitching delivery i think like people for some reason I keep getting, I see it on Twitter all the time. And they're talking about, Hey, lock out your leg, like throw over your leg, everything mm-hmm. like that. And they don't dive too deep into it. They just like telling guys to lock their leg out at the front. Mm-hmm. And it, it's hard for me or it's hard for guys. Like when they see that, they're like, oh, okay, I can do that. But then it causes more issues for them because what's mm-hmm. really happening, you know, obviously you know, this is the hip is just clearing, like completing the rotation that you started mm-hmm. So that back hip is rotating, the front hip is pulling back. So it pulls mm-hmm. that leg into that lockout position that you always mm-hmm. see. And yeah. for some reason, it's super like that's what everyone wants to chase is that awesome lead lockout. I- am I wrong? Yeah. yeah, no, no, you're not wrong. It's a it's it's a fad, you know, and it's a, it's important. Yeah. But um, you know, I I remember seeing like Justin Verlander. I've always looked up to him, right? Mm-hmm. Who, with the career that he's had. Yeah, exactly. Um. And he has a very dramatic lead leg block, right? He gets that mm-hmm. full lockout and his knee even goes into hyperextension and it looks great. Um, and obviously it works very well for him, but 
operative words there being for him, right? Not everyone's yeah. front leg is going to look like that. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Mine didn't. And I threw almost as hard as him, you know, like I think he's got a 102 or maybe a 103 back in the day. But um, what, what did you, what have you, what have you gotten up to before? Uh, 100.5 best bullet ever. In Which game or was that bullpen? <laughs> Only 99 in, in game. Uh, <laughs> were, you, were your teammates yeah. chirping you? Might have to make a comeback. <laughs> I mean, I saw you were throwing like what was it? End of the year last year, you were up to 90, 95, 96. Yeah. Yeah. It was 97 3 on the stalker, which is third in our facility here. So you might have to come out of retirement just to show these guys what's up, you know, one more time. Dude, why not? So take contract, throw 100 in the game. All right. I'm done. <laughs> just, to, just to say you did power, it one man. time. Walk off the mound, get my 100. All right. I'm done. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Get someone. No, I mean, I mean, I think even like hitting a hundred, like that's ridiculous. There's only a finite yeah. amount of people in the world that are able to do that. So, hey, for the rest of your life, you can say, "I I hit a hundred. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Nobody can take that from you. Yeah. What's crazy too about that is that um, it's still the record at driveline with all of the people that have walked through there. I mean, they have world class guys, big mm-hmm. leaguers that um, are walking through those doors constantly, and it's still the the record there, which is pretty nuts you know I, that's i'm more proud of that honestly than the number itself um <laughs> yeah but yeah it was it was a great moment man and um one thing for the young guys there too uh that took me about four and a half about four and a half just shy of five years to get there um of consistent training man and when i say consistent training i mean every off season six days a week throwing um three to four days a week lifting twice in season at least um mm-hmm. And yeah, get your lifts in, like keep going. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day. You want to throw 90, you want to throw 95, you want to throw hundred. Awesome. You have a goal. Now, what do you, everything you do from every moment until you get there dictates that, right? And it yeah. all matters. Arm care matters. Your recovery matters. You, you hate squatting. So do I do it. Yeah. <laughs> Go get better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, find a way to enjoy those things, even the things that you suck at, um, cause you're going to get better at them if you just show up and push yourself. And that's, that's where the, the glory is to be had. And that's the only reason I got as far as I did. Um, and, and I really, I, I got lucky in a sense, um, stumbling upon that facility with, um, the guys that I trained with, you know, um, mm. Casey Weathers trained with him. I mean, that was, uh, he probably had the biggest impact on, I don't know if he even knows this, um, can't remember if we even talked about it it's been years since i've seen him but um seeing him as a guy early on at driveline this was in 2014 i was uh coming off my second year in juco um and uh i just started training um but kind of half-heartedly you know i knew i wanted to throw harder there's this place driveline baseball is a shack literally a shack Mm -hmm. um in an upstairs part of this like warehouse gym um and uh training with casey man he was somewhere between 25 27 at the time had been up to i think 102 but he had been through i want to say two tommy johns at that point and um so he's getting a little older right Um, yeah this guy who had kind of had glory but then fallen from it and been through all these injuries and and struggle and um just seeing him show up every day um to the gym and just go about his business the way he did probably had the biggest impact on on me as a setting the, the trajectory of of where i ended up going so yeah, no, I mean, setting, having somebody to look to, to set like what the standard's going to be is huge. Yeah. Like 
I mean, you see it like in pro, like on teams in college, mm-hmm. even high school, and then like even in a training, um, like setting, like you yeah. have to have like the certain there's there's guys that other guys look up to. They're like, okay, yeah. that's the way things should yeah. be done. I um, saw him and I saw that it was possible. Um, yeah, that's the the example he set, and I think you know he might have tripped me a couple of times. <laughs> I deserved it for sure, um, yeah. and that you know lights a fire under your ass, and you're like, right. Oh wow! I actually can be a lot better than I am. Like, and then you know, you hit ninety-five or whatever. You hit your goal. For me, that was ninety-five. That's what ended up pretty much getting me drafted. Um, and you're like, whoa! I never thought I was going to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, then, what else can I do? Right? Can I right. be a big leaguer? I hit a hundred. Yeah. You know, hit a hundred. So. <laughs> yeah. And then in some change, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, man, just uh, setting that goal and and everything you do, you know, showing up every day. That's, that's especially on the days when you don't want to, mm-hmm. those are when you find out what you're really made of when yeah. you don't want to go squat and you, you have to go squat, just do it. Yeah. No, and I had a over sooner than you think, you know, find a way to realize the finiteness of it all. And yeah. Just like um, ma- maximize every day. Yeah. Like you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. If it, so, I mean, the, the reality is you either find a way or you find an excuse. So mm-hmm. find something, that you are willing to suffer for because you don't get to not suffer. Yeah. You know, you can choose your suffering. So pick, pick a, pick a meaningful one, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, one thing that helped, that's helped me like even in the last month or so is yeah. I found somebody that I can lift with my, my mm. throwing partner here at school. He's, yeah. he's, he's a crazy dude. I'm going to have to get him on here one time, dude, because he is, he is something else. Like yeah. it, it, it words, I honestly, interesting, interesting character. Mm-hmm. But um, he's been like, dude, I want to because he he's like we're like at the same velo right now, which mm-hmm. my my velo like throughout the fall just went down just mm-hmm. because I was getting like I honestly I just didn't feel like 100 percent all the time. Like I started mm-hmm. the fall, I was up to 93 and I mm-hmm. didn't drop below 90 in my first live AB, live at bats. And then just as the fall progressed, it was just slowly ticking down. So that's yeah. why I got to build it back up when I go uh, go back to the facility. But yeah we're at like the same velo threshold and we're both late inning bullpen arms and okay. he was like dude i want to he's like let's bust our ass together and i yeah. was like dude fuck i was like hell yeah let's go yeah. so yeah. i mean the last few weeks we've been going grinding and we've we've been pushing each other like i think we had um phase one day three are you familiar with yeah uh, obviously yeah. you're familiar with it you know yeah. at the end we have the lateral lunges with the, the dumbbell Oh, yeah. They suck, dude. They yeah. kick our ass. But first, yeah. first set we did, we did eighties. Mm-hmm. We did eighties, and we were gassed. We were smoked. And then we like looked at each other, and I was like, "I got to get the fuck back up to 95 I'm like, "Give me the, give me the, give me the nineties right now." Yep. <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, I got to sit above ninety. You right? Let's go nineties." <laughs> we yeah. we knocked out that last that last set, and we jumped, yeah. but. No, having that night, that person to rely on, hold you accountable, yeah. but also like you guys can compete against each other. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's, that's such a big part of it too, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think you're really speaking to gym culture, right. And, yeah. and it's a team sport at the end of the day. I mean, yeah. When you're pitching, you're out there by yourself, but mm-hmm. you always got a team behind you. You know, you got, you got eight other guys out there and you got all your boys in the dugout. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so much of this game, man. You spend more time with them than you're out there by yourself. So. Um, yeah, it really it's super valuable to have that a camaraderie and where you're pushing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, 
see it all the time here, you know, every day. And I, I try to facilitate that as best as I can too, because I know how valuable that was for me in my career. Um, having guys uh, who we would be pulling down and doing, you know, working out together. And we're, if you're on a similar level or even better yet, if someone's a little bit better than you yeah. and you want to, you know, then you're like, oh, I got to get on, on that level. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, no, exactly. it's you, it gets the most out of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really valuable. Yeah, no, I like the I like the approach of getting guys that are like around similar. Obviously, like one or two guys might be a little bit like higher. Strictly talking about like velocity, say like they throw a little bit harder, like putting them in the same like velo groups, stuff like that, and then trying to like get that competitive energy or like competitiveness out of them, because you know obviously we're in the business of developing player or like developing skills, um, making better pitchers, better athletes. But we also have to address like the mental side and actually competing because if you're in a facility like, yeah, I mean, you can light up the radar gun, whatever, whatever. But like, say you're in a game, batter in the box, runner on first and second. You don't know what's going to happen. You have to try to like replicate that as best as you can. And I found that that's a good way to do that. Yeah. Like anything you do. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing, bringing the dog out, man. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it it does help facilitate that mindset. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like touching on mindsets. So when, when you were playing, were you in the starter role or were you in the reliever role? Reliever. Yeah. yeah. Through and through. I made, I think I made two, two starts professionally, one in Australia because I had to, um, cause I'm a, a citizen. So technically, um, yeah, they, they required, you played four games a week, um, against the other team. And, uh, two of those starters had to be, uh, Aussies and so I, I had to go out there <laughs> two inning guy and throw I think I threw three or four innings and then in Mahoning Valley too when the uh I was doing really well in my breakout campaign with the Indians after I got drafted in 15 uh, they sent me uh, up to uh, short season when that was the thing um mm-hmm. yeah, that's making me feel old <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um yeah I made a spot start and uh yeah it was that was tough too because I wasn't used to starting and when you go from rookie ball, which has no fans to like three, 4,000 fans, whatever it was, uh, you know, you're like, Oh, wow, this is, yeah, you know, this is, this is different. Um, cause at the time, you know, I had, I hadn't thrown in front of fans in a year and a half. And the most, I think the most people I'd ever thrown in front of was, uh, you know, Juco ball up in the Seattle area is not huge. So it would have been like one of the bigger schools, like you know, a couple hundred people or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a, that was an interesting time, you know? It yeah. Was, it was good. It was yeah, fun. It, get, yeah. it gets your adrenaline going. I mean. Oh, yeah. 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 I haven't. I haven't yet. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that eventually I'll be able to have the opportunity to play professionally. But in yeah. college, at least. I mean, I go to a small Division two school in Kansas. Like, granted, we are, mm-hmm. like, one of the, like, considered one of the best, like, uh, conferences for Division two. Like, we have. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think last year at one point we had like five teams ranked top 25 in the country like okay. it was it's good it's good talent level and yeah. a couple of the schools we went to like uh University of Central Missouri I don't know if you've heard of them before but they've gone to Cary North Carolina which is where the division two world series is played they've gone okay. there a few times they're always a top 10 team in the nation and then this other team Washburn who had they had like a their ace got drafted late round but when we played there, it was like 
three, 400 people in the stands. And, you know, when you're in a college, you're used to like small private school. You're like, dude, hell, this is sick. Yeah. Dude. Like the fans are chirping you. We just, we were in the bullpen. We're like, this is awesome. Like this is, this is like the best experience. Like, yeah, they're, they're talking shit, but I mean, Hey, we're having a great time with it. You know? Yeah. You got to embrace it. You know, mm-hmm. all things good and bad. Yeah. yeah. No, the, just uh, the only thing is they can't, you can't let them get two in your head. Like we no. had, we had one teammate one, one time we were playing, we were playing this one school that we always clash with. Like it's just every year we don't get yeah. along with them. They're kind of like our, our rivals, if you will, but yeah. their student section is directly behind the bullpen in <laughs> the, the visitors bullpen. And you know, there are guys out there, they're just throwing back beers left and yeah. right. And they're just going at us. And mm-hmm. I, when I warm up, I kind of get into like this, like my teammates all call it like the alter ego, like the nickname for me. They call it, uh, what is it? Previsoid. Last name is Pre. They call it Previsoid because it's like it clicks like that. And it's like, I'm not silent, but I'm also like a bit of a, I turn into a bit of a dick. I'm not going to lie, but it's yeah. just what I have to do, you know, get into yeah. that like uh, mentality. But yeah. like I can lock it out. But these other guys are warming up and they're still talking to them. And I was like, hey guys. Come on, don't don't let them don't don't let them rattle you like that. Yeah, like focus on what you need to yeah. do to get ready. I and mean, whatever whatever works for you is the mm-hmm. thing, right? Some guys are nine out of ten very intense. Think of Max Scherzer, right? Yeah. Or Grant or very angry energy. Um, I I cultivated that persona for quite some time, and it it worked to some degree. Um, and I think it played up because I threw rather hard, right? So it played up mm-hmm. that. Uh, I wasn't always known for my command, so <laughs> made a made an uncomfortable spot for righties, and and you know it, that was fun. But um, I uh, I experimented with that too, and when I I dialed back that um, notch just a smidge, I didn't lose any velo, and um, things got better for me too. So yeah, um, that was something in my journey that uh, was very helpful. You know, so mm-hmm. it's going to depend on the guy too, right? Um, some guys are very calm, um, calculated. And maybe they're intense inside, but uh, you can't tell. You know? Yeah. No, I, for me, it was the opposite. The more height, like more I'm like spiked yeah. up with that. Like the, doing, right? yeah. yeah. The more dialed in I am like my, the, I, I, they have, I have a thing I do. I don't, I'm going to sound like a freaking sociopath saying this, but uh, I like in between innings, I can't stay still. Like I've learned over, like over the years, if I go in, like say I'm pitching multiple innings. Like say I go, I go in the eighth inning and I still have to throw the ninth inning. Like I take my hat and glove off and I literally pace back and forth in the dugout like a madman. Oh, dude, they 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 love, love it. it. Like, yeah. Dude, if, if somebody's yeah, in my way, that's a pen guy right there. <laughs> no, dude, if if uh like someone's in my way, I'll literally just bump straight into them because they're in my way. Like I'm less like because I'm so like locked in, like heightened. And then, yeah. I mean, my exit meeting in the fall. Cause I, I had like an okay fall, not the best, not like the greatest, but um, my coach was like, Hey, like it didn't look like you were like, he used it. Cause it's relatively known on our team. He's like, it didn't look like you were in your alter ego at all in the fall. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, um, I was, that's, I agree to that because yeah. it's a different atmosphere when you're facing your teammates and stuff. It is. Yeah. So sure. it's, it was a little bit harder for me to get into it, but if, if I'm in that, Oh dude, it's, I'm locked in and it doesn't dial down until I'm like on the bus from the game mm-hmm. or leaving the yeah, field, yeah. you know? No, I get that, man. Yeah. 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 I would, I would get like a, I would get very intense as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd get quiet. Um, 
for the most part, right? <laughs> and then yeah. uh, after the fact, though, I don't know if you get this too, but like the adrenaline hangover where you just feel like you could sleep like immediately. No, I, I for me, it was once I got the adrenaline going, I couldn't go to sleep and I would just be mm. up for a while. And it was hard for me to come down from that. Yeah. So I would have I'd to use it all out there and then I would be just gassed. After. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but, um, you know, what I want to ask you, what advice would you give to guys that say like they're struggling with like their mental game? I know everyone likes to say like mental game, but, you know, it's a pretty broad spectrum of things that you yeah. can work on. But yeah. like what advice would you give them that you found helped yourself like find that alter ego almost? Be honest with yourself about it, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's something you struggle with. Um, so for me, that you know that the the anxiety of feeling like you're not good enough um, drove me to train like a madman. Um, so I can't, I don't. It's not like I don't believe in regretting things, anyways, as a principle. But um, yeah, I, I could I go back and give myself advice. I would say address that early on and be honest with yourself. You know, if you're out there and you are doubting yourself, okay, that's not optimal. We let's, let's work on it, you know, work on it the way you train uh, physically, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you got to work on your mental game too. Cause that is an incredibly big part of what you do as an athlete and as a person too. So um, address it and start, you know, if, read books, uh, listen to podcasts, whatever, find something that works for you to where you're actively working on that. Um, whatever it is, uh, there's a lot of, different uh, sources out there therapy just talking to guys too i mean you know come talk to me i've talked to plenty of guys about this because this is something i struggled with you know it's not easy going out there in front of ten thousand fans who are if you're in a away game trying to we want you to you know fail and uh you got to be able to lock it in and get find that energy level to where you can be the best version of yourself out there and just get out of your own way and execute um Mm -hmm. and there's different there's so many different tools to be able to cultivate that but um slowing things down, um, yeah. having a routine, I would say. So you have your physical routine, right? So mm-hmm. that's your care, your dynamic warm up, you know, your, your weightlifting routine, all the things, right. You have everything scripted, have a mental routine with how to get yourself locked in. Right. Uh, breathing is a huge tool for that. Um, I know I would take a deep breath right before every pitch, um, which if you take a nice deep breath, um, there's an actual, uh, parasympathetic, like nervous system response so it gets you briefly out of fight or flight right because when you're out there you you're getting all ramped up you know and yeah. it's natural and then yeah. you start the game speeds up on you and then you're like how did i what just happened right i mean I, I think we've all had that feeling where it's like we gave up a four spot or we walked guys or we we underperformed right and then you're walking off the mound um whether you got through the inning or whether the manager took the ball from you and you're like what the hell just happened and you're pissed mm-hmm. or you're sad or whatever you know and you have that feeling of what, what just happened to me? Well, you, you allowed yourself to get out of yourself, out, out of your own, you know, your own um, best self, right? You, you allowed things to speed up on you. And so having that mental routine, man, of taking a deep breath, um, when things are speeding up on you, I know we get the pitch clock and everything now too. So this is a, it's, it's harder more than ever um, to, to be able to do that. But if you can take that moment to take a breath, Look at the foul pole, right? Evan Longoria would do that. Yeah. Right? You step out, look at the foul pole. Um, so many routines. Guys will kick dirt and that'll like signify to them clearing, clear the mechanism, right? Kevin Costner. <laughs> right? It's a great movie. But, but really, yeah, man, it's it's finding a routine that you 
are you're you're fully invested in and that mm -hmm. you can actually get behind um and you believe it that's yeah. the key um, yeah the uh that get out of your own way and guess what the results will be as good as they can be mm -hmm. this all you this... control is everything leading up to releasing that ball once mm -hmm. it leaves your hand nothing matters next yeah. pitch that matters. right exactly no i i think the best way i can explain it if like when you're on like when you're dialed in, you're dealing, every everything's working. The yeah. best way I can explain like the mental state, this is going to sound really dumb, but you might agree with it because this is what I compare it to. I compare it to when, say like you've been driving to a place that you've always driven to. Say it's like your house to the facility, right? You're driving. You're just driving, you're going. Nothing's really happening. But next thing you know, you're like one stoplight away from the facility and you're like, wait, what just happened? Like I already, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you didn't, you, you were actively like, cause you've done it so many times. You're mm -hmm. actively going, you're driving, you're not like making any mistakes or anything. And then next thing you know, you're like, wait, it's like you teleported and you're there. Yeah. That's yeah. The, like, that's this kind of state I want to be in when I pitch where yep. my mind's not thinking. And I'm honestly just getting my sign coming set, you know, taking my deep breath and then delivering the pitch. And then it's like, all right, next pitch. Like yeah. it didn't even happen. And then it's funny, like when you talk to guys about when they're super successful, like a lot of them, they struggle to like remember certain pitches that they made and like big yeah. spots. Like yeah. it, it's like, it, it's, they, they've like proven it. Or it's like with performance and stuff, like they'll yeah. kind of have like that little bit of memory loss because yeah. they're in that, that, that state of their mind where yeah. they're like calm and yeah, they're kind of just like, I call it autopilot. They get into autopilot yeah. mode. And, yeah. It's the unconscious mind, man. Um, mm -hmm. I read a book recently uh, it's called blink by malcolm gladwell highly recommend to any any readers out there um it's yeah getting into your unconscious mind and letting go of trying to control the moment you know yeah no like i you prepare, um, right. work your like work your ass off in training and that's when you can tinker um but once it's once you're on that that mound it's time to perform like mm -hmm. get just like let go basically you know yeah. uh, find your flow have your your mental routine and the overwhelming majority of us are going to be uh like over aroused in that situation you're going to be anxious right because you want to mm -hmm. win so yeah. finding a way to dial it back from anxiety to like a flow state um that's going to be the key to get you the best results that you can be you know and yeah um i went through this there was a uh i remember i still remember it distinctly i'll never forget this um in 2019 when i was playing with the brewers uh i was coming off two rough outings where i had walked some guys and i mean i was still throwing hard but um the results weren't great i gave, I gave up a, a run or two in each of them it just looked shaky you know mm -hmm. so you know, it was walking dudes and uh, just wasn't a good look and then uh i met with the like team mental skills guy uh, he happened to come visit us uh, when we were in fayetteville uh, north carolina um and it was the opening a series of the it was the i don't know if it's still with the astros but it was the opening series um so brand new stadium right uh there's seven or eight thousand however many that can fit there president of minor league baseball was there the mayor um it's a big military town and yeah. um the a, a general they all threw out the first pitch and they had a flyover with these huge um planes and um so it was it was packed right and i'm coming off two rough outings looking a little shaky and, but I met with this dude and um, I can't even remember exactly what he said, but all I know for sure is it had a huge impact on me. Um, and I was able to get out of my own way 
in that outing and the next one. And um, in that outing, I threw two perfect innings with the exception of I gave up one hit. I, I went 96 up and into Seth Beers and he put it off the wall. And I remember not caring. And I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I executed. I made yeah. my pit and he yeah. executed. And so I can tip your cap and say, nice. All right. On to the next one. Mm-hmm. And got the guy, next guy out, struck him out or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then in the, in the next, same thing in the next outing, two perfect innings. It was things slowed down distinctly is the best way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. And I was out there having fun again. You know, I wasn't yeah. worried at all about what that guy at the plate was going to do. Fans, nothing. I was just, it, it's almost like I was underwater in slow motion, but I was still throwing 97. So mm-hmm. it was, it was funny, you know, to yeah. game slow down like that and, and get really fun again. Yeah, so. no, it, that's like, it's like the coolest feeling in the world when you've never felt it before. And then mm-hmm. you feel it for the first time and you're like, oh, it's like an unlock. You're like, dude, that's yeah. what that feels like. You're like, okay. Best version of that's what that is. You just did. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no. One one thing that helped me is like my, uh, the breathing. I'm really big on nasal breathing. Yeah. And what I do is I take like the deep breath in through the nose and then I'll do like a few sniffles and then slow exhale through the mouth. It just completely yeah. like re- relaxes me, like just yeah. calms everything down. Yeah. And I remember- Last year, we were in so our school, like we moved conferences to the one that we're in now, and mm-hmm. we made the playoffs for the first time we were in that conference, like in that like school history, first time making this conference's playoffs. And first game we got smacked, right? Second game, second game we are winning. Uh, I want to say we were winning three to two, or four to two. It was close. And they put me in in the eighth inning with, I want to say, a runner on first. No, no, there's nobody on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me being, you know, a little uh, command. Well, I'm, I'm like you, you know, I'm not really known for my command at times. <laughs> so your boy, you know, he, uh, you know, walks the first two guys and then hits hits the third guy to load the bases so I was like, oh, okay, sick. All right. And it was humid. That's this is why I remember that because as I'm throwing, I didn't feel bad like physically at all. And I was throwing, everything was coming out good. Like I was like 90, 92 in that range. And I was like, okay. And I was like, all right, my mental state is freaking out right now because it was so hot and we're on turf that mm-hmm. like I was just I couldn't calm myself down. So I was yeah. so amped up. Yeah. And I was like, all right. So I was like, just take a deep breath, like do a couple nasal breaths here. All right. Like go big or go home. Like you're the, we're either getting out of this. You're coming in shutting down the ninth inning or we're going home. All right. And I was like, I kind of want to play another game. So I was like, all right, let's calm down. Locked it in, ended up freaking getting three or uh, three strikeouts in a row. Strike out the side, hey, my face yeah. is loaded. No outs. Let's go. Yeah. Huge. It was awesome. But I was yeah. like, okay. Like I, I recognized that. All right. I'm in, the fight or flight mode and right now i'm yeah. trying to like get away you know i'm, I'm freaking out let's just calm down get back yeah. to the basics just relax like next pitch yeah. yeah that's that's huge man um i always tell guys if i had to boil it down to two things what i really want to what i want guys to absorb anyone that i interact with you know here at the facility um guys that i'm training i want them to learn the value of consistent work ethic um mm-hmm. putting themselves towards something and seeing themselves progress um 
and then also that remember baseball is fun yeah it's it's meant to be fun we put all this pressure on ourselves man and it's why you know Um, Mm -hmm. if if you make it to pro ball great you did something that's almost impossible you know um even just playing in college is commendable and extremely difficult to do um not many people do it so the the longer you play the more you should let go in a sense yeah because it's it's um you know, I, I see those guys um, like Acuna uh, having fun playing the game at the highest mm-hmm. level. And I, I do think that that's a huge reason why they have the success that they do because they're just getting out of their own way. And yeah. yeah, they're really talented and very good and they do have gifts, of course. But the the thing that, that, that separates guys that like guys like that wash out all the time in the minor leagues and they're maybe better than those guys. Um, they're more talented, but they don't make it and they don't or they make it and they don't stick because they get in their own way, you know, mm-hmm. and remember that the game's fun, man. It's a game at the end of the day. Yeah. So um, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the pitch. Enjoy yeah. the AB. Right? Like just slow that. And that, that will help slow things down. And then mm-hmm. the results will be as good as they can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that also helps with that is doing stuff. That's not baseball related. Yeah. Like when you're not in a baseball setting, dude, go to, right. like what I've been, I've been going to the gym. We get a free gym membership to this local gym i go i just shoot basket like shoot hoops yeah you know? i used to do that too after i trained yeah like it's like it's fun dude like three or four and i still went and shot around for a little while because i found it very meditative and it was like mm-hmm. low intensity cardio right so i was getting a little bit of recovery yeah. into and it was just a yeah you got to have something to get your your mentality away from it so that way you're not all consumed in this one thing um yeah yeah it's, especially uh, because if it's like a sport that you don't even play or like yeah. that you've never played competitively because yeah, you're not expecting yourself to be good at it right yeah and you're just like ah, let's have some fun and you know my jump shot trash like dude <laughs> i'm terrible my dad my dad if he, he's probably gonna listen to this dude he's probably so disappointed i didn't play basketball because he was a great basketball player like i didn't beat him i didn't beat him in a one-on-one until i was like at the end of my freshman year of college like he would destroy me every single time but yeah. yeah, just doing little things like that. I like playing like playing pool too. Shoot yeah. pool, just relax. Yeah, me too. I don't. Yeah. I know you. Uh, you play volleyball. You play beach volleyball, right? Yeah, a little bit. That's your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I love it, man, and it uh, it helps. Yeah, it helps. Uh, I mean, I guess it sometimes I'll scratch the competitive itch, but it's more, um, it's more about the fun of it than anything for me. Yeah. You know, getting a little exercise and. Um, also yeah, seeing myself get better at something is very rewarding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something that I haven't done before ever in my life. And I've gotten, I'm like, I'm, I'm by no means, I, I'm not great, but, uh, <laughs> I've gotten significantly better than I was and therein lies the joy, you know? Right. Yeah. It's a find, social. Food, yeah. So, find, yeah. find the, find joy in the, the little things. If oh you yeah. Will. Yeah. So, uh, I want to ask you couple like one of the probably last few things it might go a little bit longer but i want to ask you about your experience at junior college because th- it's gonna sound funny so I, my junior college experience was terrible i hated it like it just didn't go well this story for another day but was not a fan so i live vicariously through other people's junior college stories because you know we hear about like the juco bandit stuff yeah. all, everything like that and yeah. they're like, oh, dude, I love those guys, like everything like that. So what was your experiences in junior college? And do you have like any favorite memories from when you were playing there? Um, Juco was tough, man. It was, uh, yeah, we had a coach who was very, um, 
you know, old school 6am weights. Um, just, but he also was kind of a control freak. Um, mm. Nice guy. And he had a, you know, he had a history in the game. Uh, he liked me and I respected him, but he, I also looking back on it. Um, he wasn't a, what I would define as a great coach, you know? Um, mm. you know? And so it was, uh, yeah, Juco was, uh, it was an eye opening experience looking at it, uh, looking back on it. Um, there wasn't a lot to be had as far as development, but, uh, you know, uh, part of the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Would you reckon, would you recommend Juco route for a lot of guys? It depends who's, who's coaching there and what, in what mm-hmm. conference it really it just depends, man, is the, um, is the answer to that. Um, yeah. It, it depends on the, on the kid and, yeah. uh, and where he's at. Um, yeah. And oh, the yeah. Coaching staff, that's yeah. a big part. And, you know, you want to go somewhere because I mean, let's be honest when you're, when you're 18, 17, 19, you, you, I don't know what you're doing. Um, you, mm-hmm. you think you do. Um, maybe some of you do. I don't, I don't think I did, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, you want to go somewhere where there's, you're going to get better right? mm-hmm. um, and develop and then have an opportunity. If, if that's your goal to play at the next level, yeah. um, if not, then, you know, at least you want to get better, you know, cause why else would you play right? for the enjoyment of it for sure. But when you stagnate at anything in life, you don't enjoy it. So, mm-hmm. you know, you want to, you want to get better. Uh, you want to see, you want to find out how good you can be. That's why, that's why we play. That's why we do anything. Right? Yeah. No, I, I think what it taught me, like going through my experience, like back in high school, like the recruiting process and everything. And the number one thing I always tell guys is like, please take your time with your decision, like where you decide to go, yeah. like, please like factor in everything don't rush it. Cause I, I feel like in my experience, the thing um, that I did uh, and I'm not taking anything away from like my decision and everything like that. Like I, I learned a lot from it. Um, yeah. I didn't really look at it as obviously it didn't go the way I wanted it to go, but I took a lot away from it and I used it to obviously put me in the position that I'm in now. And then what I can tell other guys. So I always tell them, Hey, just take your time with your decision. Yeah. And then the second thing I always say is, um, don't rush it like in the sense of, Oh, I got an offer. Like I should probably get on that right away. It's like, yeah. cause for me it was, I got looked at by the school. They gave me an offer and then I was like, I jumped the gun on it. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, over the next month and a half, bunch of other junior colleges that would have been more fitting for me started calling. And I was like, Oh, I already signed to go here and everything yeah. like that. So like yeah, focus on the work and developing yourself into mm-hmm. where you have options, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Taking your time and really thinking about what's right for you, you know, geographically, financially, mm-hmm. family wise, uh, all the factors, you know, to, is this the coaching staff, you know, are they, that's huge, man. Um, Cause I still hear horror stories about these old school guys who, you know, they run, run their guys to death polls and mm-hmm. it's, and they don't really believe in lifting or they're scared of uh, the kind of training that we do when it's, I mean, how many guys are going to throw 95 and hundred before you believe in that this works, you know? And um, it's just like anything too, you know, it's a, it's a tool that, and tools can be misused, you know, it's all in how you apply and use it, but um, yeah, maximizing your development. That's, that should be um, goal number one. Yeah. I, I like how also you mentioned the relationship with the coach. 
Oh man, huge. You know, um, I, you know, I didn't want to speak ill of my coach cause I, you know, it's not like it was all bad, but, um, yeah, we lost a lot of games, man. And, and it was, um, we had some reason we had enough, we had, we underperformed as a team and mm-hmm. I that stems from poor leadership and it's not all on him. Obviously we underperformed. So there's individual responsibility there as well. Yeah. However, um, I've played for many different coaches at this point too. And, um, you know, uh, good, bad, ugly. And um, when you have a coach that is fun and exciting and creates a great team atmosphere and culture mm-hmm. and obviously pulls the right strings, you know, at the right times, makes those, you know, um, decisions on the field uh, as a, as a good leader. Um, that's, that's when things get real fun, you know, and, yeah. and you, you're, you're down in the pen and you're, you're enjoying your time with your buddies, um, your teammates. And, um, the clubhouse vibes are good, man. It's, um, that leads to more wins, you know, and it yeah. leads to just enjoying, enjoying your time in this game more mm-hmm. than anything. Um, and then you'll probably play better than you would otherwise too. So, um, that's a huge consideration, you know? Yeah. Um, actually that was a big consideration for me getting drafted with the Indians. Um, I remember Kyle Bodie distinctly, um, I had some interest from, it was the Marlins. And at the time they were, and I think there was a couple other teams too. Um, and we ended up, you know, you don't, you don't choose who drafts you, but um, right. you have some influence there. Um, and, uh, you know, you can tell teams no, if you're in a position. Um, so you want to make sure that you're going somewhere that you can get excited about and that it's going to allow you to become the best version of yourself as a mm-hmm. baseball player, obviously, and as a, a person. Um, right. Yeah, and then don't don't listen. Like if anyone's listening, please don't listen or like listen to it. But don't let other people tell you like, oh, why are you doing that? You shouldn't be doing that. Like you yeah. should be. It's like, hey, you know, they're not living your life, all right? Because yeah. I mean, like for me, I had like after my senior year last year, mm-hmm. my coach was like, hey, like you can either do two things. You can either go. This is uh, I really like. I love my coach that I have right now. Our head coach, he's an awesome dude. Like he, he's, he's the man and I love what he's done with the program and the way he treats guys. Um, but when we sat down after last season, he was like, Hey, all right, you have two routes right now. He's like, you can either one go play indie ball. He's like, which you definitely can. He's like, I'm willing to bet you can, or, or guess three options. He's like, or two, you can stay here for another year and develop. And then we can try to get you with an affiliated team if you have a good year. And then three, you can transfer to go somewhere else. He's like, if he's like, I'm perfectly fine with you doing that. He's like, um, he's like, I just want to let you know, like, it'll be harder. He's like, it will be harder for you to get picked up because you'll have to prove like, this is what you can do in the fall. He's like, Mm -hmm. if you come back, he's like, I'm like, I know what you can do in a game. Right. Uh, He's like, so I don't have, he's like, you don't have to have that pressure on you. He's like, but if you want to transfer, he's like, I'll, I'll make some calls. I'll help you find another place. And I was like, Hey, like, honestly like i don't really want to transfer you know like i yeah. i like all my teammates like i love all my teammates they're great guys yeah. and i get along with the coaching staff and yeah. that's like a huge thing that's like the number one thing for me because junior college I, I butted heads with my coaches all the times and that's yeah. more on me i was a little stubborn you know and i wasn't really performing the best so it's kind of hard to uh, be like no i don't want to do that when you're struggling every outing you have <laughs> Yeah. but uh yeah no that's like the one thing i value the most is just like the relationship i was a- or relationships i was able to build with my teammates you, and, and you spend so much time with those guys you know and, yeah. and as coaches that's your 
that's your job is you're you're a leader of mm -hmm. who you're training or who your your team is um, yeah and a certain amount of that yeah it needs to be um strong-willed at times but at other times you know you want to i mean this is baseball is is the longest the professional season is the longest in all sports so that means you're with your teammates more than anybody in any yeah. in any sport so um there has to be a certain looseness and uh, like fun you know because mm -hmm. baseball can get very not fun you know um it can be really oh, rough you know we're all heartbeat really, it can be very isolating especially as a pitcher i mean as a hitter too um obviously hitting is i don't know how they do it man um three out of ten times is a great i mean that's a hall of famer what the <laughs> hell it's statistically the most difficult thing to do in all sports like, yeah 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 it's um i don't know how those guys do it man but um you gotta you gotta have that good clubhouse atmosphere and, and culture you know mm -hmm. of okay we're getting after it and we're working our butts off obviously that's a prerequisite yeah. you have to do that and what we're doing we can get behind and we love and we're all getting after it together um but also we're enjoying the process of it and we're having fun with it you know right no exactly no i like the i like the talk talking to hitters that's like a fun thing for me because my well my roommate last year was the co-player of the conference like he won mm -hmm. mvp basically but talking to him about hitting it's it it really opens your eyes as a pitcher yeah. because you know, I feel like a lot of guys, you know, they're getting their heads. They're like, oh, this guy's really good. Like, I got to no, make a perfect dude, pitch. There's so much credit. Dude, they're like, I got to make a perfect pitch here yeah. like that. Dude, talking to my roommate last year about hitting, dude, I, I was like, I don't know how this man is. Like, he, he hit like 20 home runs last year, hit like 450 something. That was ridiculous. But then, like, you talk to him about hitting and his, like, approaches and stuff. And he's just like, ah, dude, I don't know. He's like, if it's there, I hit it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like yeah. it's like dude dude that's like even going back to like the mentality yeah. thing like dude I've you don't have to put pressure on yourself. Dude from like all-star big leaguers man um <laughs> hey what pitch was that i don't know i just see ball, ball. <laughs> there are guys obviously that have refined approaches and mm. they themselves more and there are there's a lot of those guys but i mean um i think that speaks to those those kind of guys having that success at that level um and guys that we all know too that have had really good success they get into that zone of where they do black out a little bit and then because they're they're in flow right so they're mm -hmm. using their subconscious mind they're not worried about what what pitch he's going to throw or as yeah. a pitcher i'm not worried about what the hitter's going to do i'm worried i'm i'm so i'm not worried at all i'm focused on executing my pitch and if he so happens to succeed he won't get me the next time that's the attitude you have to have um get out of your own way you know and yeah dude um sean and i sean reynolds he's uh he works here you know six mm -hmm. foot day, freaking giant um here he, he's like affiliated with us he got called up to the big leagues this year didn't end up debuting but um i talked to him about this all the time so he was drafted here went to redonda union high school as a fourth rounder um as a position player um and struggled hitting and um he still hits to this day and we were having a conversation about the value of that um, as a pitcher hitting, or at the very least, go watch BP, talk to hitters, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and realize how freaking hard it is. Yeah. I mean, go watch BP from big leaguers. Um, guys are throwing uh, 50 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour to them and they miss it. So what do you think is going to happen when a guy's throwing 90 plus, yeah. you know, as a pitcher, you should be unreasonably confident. And frankly, as a hitter, same thing, you know, they got to be unreasonably yeah. confident. Um, 
don't give hitters too much credit, you know, yes. go out there, attack them relentlessly um, and have fun, man. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quote, quote of the day is play offense on defense. Yeah. Attack, yeah. attack them, dude. Yes. Like, yeah. Get them uncomfortable. And then, you know, yeah, you, know, you can, you'll have great results like that. Yeah. It's so. just, I mean, get the two, right. Race the two and then you're yeah. mine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's the, uh, the one thing I always focused on was the first three pitches. Mm-hmm. Like if I can get those first three pitches, like if first pitch strike ideal, like if it's in there, perfect. Like, dude, that's gold. That's what yeah. you want. Yeah. Then like, if you get that, like, even if it's first pitch of the ball, if that second pitch is like a strike or like, say like he swings at it and you're yeah. like, okay, it gives you more information. But once you get, once you get those first three pitches in normally, that's how that at bat goes. Like yeah. I, in my eyes, I'm like, okay, this is, it's leading more towards this way but yeah. if you're once like if you can recognize after those three pitches you're like all right hold on i gotta i gotta dial back in here yeah then that's that's like after three pitches reassess the yeah you're like all right, i just threw yeah. three straight balls i don't know what to do here <laughs> it doesn't so, matter yeah it doesn't yeah. no guess just, what that's in the past the only thing that mm-hmm. matters and no, if you did, can really get yourself in that you know even if you are three oh three one doesn't matter Guess what matters that next pitch? So go put your soul into that pitch. And sure, maybe he hits a fucking nuke, but guess what? He won't next time. Yeah. And you gotta be you gotta have that unreasonable confidence. That's you know, I talked to Joe a lot, a lot about this. Um, because he had phenomenal success for a very long time, right? Um, had th- parts of 13 years in the big leagues. And um I mean he the, I think the thing the biggest thing about him, and he would attest to this, that other than you know, work ethic, um that Get, helped him get there and stay there for that long was he acted like he threw hundred miles an hour. He had this unreasonable confidence, you know, and that's straight from his mouth. You know, um, he went out there and relentlessly attacked guys. Didn't matter if it was Perry bonds, Ken Griffey jr. Um, all right. I throw 88 to 91, but I'm still going to get your ass out here. Yeah. It is. I yeah. dare you. to hit it. Yeah. Like, you're good enough, you know, believe that and yeah. work your ass off to, to get better. Um, exactly. to get the most out of yourself whatever you have in you you know whatever that is if it's 85 if it's 90 if it's 95 if it's 100 uh, work your ass off in your development to develop your stuff but then once you're once you're out there whenever you're competing whether it's live abs or in, in meaningful games to go after them mm-hmm. that is that's the thing and that will that will make it fun yeah now if you uh like last thing here but mm-hmm. take anything take anything from this podcast for anyone listening. Like he said, stop giving hitters too much credit, watch an MLB game or a high level college game. Watch how many two, one, three, Oh, three, one counts hitters are in and they pop up or they roll over. So don't just execute the pitch. Trust me. Just don't focus on the results. Just focus on executing the pitch one pitch at a time. Yeah. What do I want to throw? Throw it. Go mm-hmm. after. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, the best starters in the big leagues, so the best guys on the planet, miss their spot more than you'd believe. Um, and you guys can look up the numbers. Too. It's 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 like what exactly. isn't it like sixty percent or something? Something. It's I, it's I don't higher. have the actual number, so I don't want to yeah speak yeah. out of my, my foot in my mouth. But um, I mean, they're obviously the best in the world. And right. You you know you don't have to be too fine. I just yeah. If I, there's one, I, I want guys work your butt off, but then go after them, go mm-hmm. right after them. 
I mean, I saw one where Tar- we already mentioned Shohei Otani, your best player right now. Freaking, he's an animal, both sides of the ball. But yeah. his catchers, they like somebody noticed that all of his starts, his catchers just set up middle. Yeah. Like, they don't go like spot to spot. They set up middle and they just let his pitches move to the outer halves. Yeah. And it works. Okay. So like you're like, hey, he's not throwing to like specifics. Like I, obviously, I'm sure in the back of his head, he's thinking like, hey, let's get it to this side, yeah. or, like a certain spot. But like his catchers just set up middle, and he lets the pitch do whatever. Sometimes yeah. you miss, you make a bad pitch, but hey, he missed either either misses it or uh, he doesn't swing, yeah. and it's called a strike. So yeah, have an intent to where you're gonna go, but don't try to be too fine, man. Mm-hmm. That's how you fall behind in counts. That's how you end up blocking guys. And then guess yeah. what? The game speeds up on you and you're out and you just gave up a four spot and you're like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. You let it get away from you. You you gotta you gotta relentlessly attack guys. Yeah, um, exactly. Well that's how you win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Christian, I'm gonna have to I think I'm gonna let you go because I know you guys are pretty bit you're starting to pack in right now, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for your time. And again, like always, if you guys are listening to this and you're interested in in in-house training, remote training, drop a DM on Bimo Elite Athletics and Bimo Elite Athletics Texas, or you can DM either one of me. It's Andrew Preve and Christian Meister on Instagram. All the videos are going to be or all the videos I post will have both of us tagged in it. So to shoot us a DM if you're interested in either one of those aspects, we help with player development, mentality, therapy um as well as just strength and conditioning and throwing that's the number one thing yep exactly develop or developing athletes so christian again thank you for your time yeah thanks for having me yeah of course all right take care